1: Having a bet on the footy this week? Top this. Top Sport have hundreds of markets to choose from across the AFL, NRL and rugby. So whether you're into the big goals or the big hits, there's something for everyone. And Top Sport will bet you on for plenty. Top that. Download the app today and bet on your game, your way. If you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Visit topsport.com.au Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly.
0: He can't coach, he can't play, what's he thinking? That's pretty much a quick snapshot of social media over the past week with Origin teams getting announced, you're having your say, you're going hard, we're going hard too. That was going hard, not getting hard. My wife has a body like Corey Horsburgh. No getting hard here at all, thank fuck. 12 interviews coming at you in the next 45 minutes. There's some seriously, seriously good shit on the menu too. You've been warned. I love me a feel-good story, and this is certainly one. It's a story our guest is probably sick of telling. He's played about 70 games of first grade. The journey has not been an easy one. I think I'm right in saying, Lachlan Croker, three knee constructions, a few hammy issues along the way. You're sick of the rehab groups?
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's funny to look back on and... um, I don't know if this is going to sound right, but a lot of the the rehab groups and the guys that I've been in in rehab have sort of turned out to be my best mates and yeah. not the best not the best periods of my life, but the the bits where I found out the most about myself and the people mm-hmm. around me. So, in saying that, I would obviously like to change the what happened and and not go through that process, yeah. but being able to go through that process and, and finding out what I'm about and and what guys around me are about was. Um, was definitely one of the positives about it. Um, I've been really lucky to have incredible support staff, especially at Manly. The um, the rehab guy up here, Cameron Ferguson, was um, I spent the best part of twelve months with him, sort mm. of every day. So it was, um, yeah. Just talking about that now just gives me chills, and, and I was just really grateful for the way that he looked after me. And then obviously my mates outside of that, and and my misses when I get home, and there'd be sort of four or five days a week I'd get home and I'd be miserable for the yep. first six or seven months. And um, and then towards the end of that rehab stuff and moving back into playing games and um, playing my first game back after that, it was 11 and a half months we had off with my, my third knee because they wanted to take it so long. Yep. Um, so that brought me back at about round eight, I think it was. And um, I played a game of Reggie's and then the week after played first grade against the Raiders and we had a good win. Um, and I remember walking around the field at the end of it, and, and seeing my missus and my family, and and mum and dad. And I've still got a photo of of me and my missus, and I'm just crying because I'm so happy. Yeah. And, and she's yeah, it's it, that's makes all that it, you know all the stuff that you went through just they're the best times of my life. Those the periods after all the the rubbish that goes on. So um, yeah, not saying that I I would like to do it again, but I, I'm I'm grateful for what I learned from it
0: you're certainly a fighter and i still get a huge smile on my face knowing what a good young bloke you are that you've been through hell and you've come out the other side it's amazing they go hand in hand you're injury free and your last two seasons your footy has gone through the roof they go hand in hand don't they
2: yeah thank you mate it's um it's funny how it all it all works and it's um like i said it's it's there's a lot lot of luck involved in mm. um footy and and all that sort of stuff and Obviously, the got the teams that win comps and and the guys that play footy exceptionally well are the guys that stay on the field the most. So mm. you only have to look at Cameron Smith and he played five thousand games yeah. and in the middle and eighty minutes every weekend. So it's um those yeah it's it's there's so much of that involved in it and and that's sort of where I want to move to with with all my prehab stuff before I train and before I play and you just want to be able to if something ever does happen you want to be able to look back and say I did everything I could mm. to make sure that it didn't so. The the things that keep you up at night is is if you go to bed the next day with a with hamstring strain or something like that and you go, I could have done this better or I yep. should have done that. It's, um, yeah, that that whole sort of experience was the eye-opener forming of just trying to prevent those – prevent the preventables, I suppose.
0: That's the big one in the last four or five years from how I see it, the prehab, like you – you are training, you are preparing not to get injured as opposed to being reactive and, and just rehabbing when you do get injured.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously with my history of, of hemis and, and knees, and there was a shoulder at one stage, just my, my prehab takes quite a while as, yeah. um, as a, as compared with sort of other guys. And obviously turbo is one of those who does a lot of hemi extra stuff and, yep. um, walks, does a lot of hemi extra stuff and, get those guys that have been pretty lucky so far and haven't had any real issues, but you'd find there'd be at least 80% of the squad that have got something specific to them that they need to work on yep. and um, do before a game or do before training or straight after training or after weights to to make sure that they're staying in front of it and, and fighting fit.
0: Great story of redemption. Good luck on the weekend, mate. Thank you, Andy. Hey, Legends, quick one. I'm hosting a sportsman's function in Western Sydney Friday 23rd of June. Special guests are Paul Gallen and Cameron Smith. I'll 100% bring out the best or actually the worst in them. Join us at the Hudson Hotel in Seven Hills. Check them out at hudsonhotel.com.au. There's only a couple of tickets left. I guarantee it'll be a brilliant and unfiltered lunch. Love winding back the clock and listening to those games or those moments that matter to our superstars. The 234-gamer Joel Thompson has dropped in. Is there one game, mate, or one moment that
3: just stands out above the rest and why? Um, gee, you're me here. Um, again, different, different clubs uh, all had different games. My debut game, obviously, at Raiders was, was very special. They have family there and um to represent such a great club as well and you know i don't know if people knew this but my um biological father michael spinks he actually he played a game for the canberra raiders i think it might have been one game yep i don't even know how many minutes or might have been two games but uh, he played for the raiders as well um he sort of so it was sort of pretty cool to the the make my debut at the club that he sort of played at as well um but then the dragons another great club very passionate club uh, the Anzac game against the Roosters, um, such a special moment. You know the, um, you know the when you stand there in the, the post and you know the last post and you sort of you get those goosebumps. Um, you know you start thinking about you know the people that served this country and what they went through. It's just one of those I don't know. It's hard to explain, but that was such a cool moment. And again, I went to Manly and uh, the play. Oh, I better not say this wrong lotto land but Brookie. Yeah. Um, um yeah i supported manly there's a photo of me that i shared from when i was i don't know how old but i had number 11 on and over my career there uh, the three years i had the number 11 on um you know as a young chubby kid that was 10 year old with a manly jersey on with number 11 to then you know play the club you know to wear that jersey and to play in the full crowd there at lotto land um again was very special can't tell you exact game that I could, you know, I could pick yeah. any of those games that meant something, but you know, they were all pretty cool.
0: Just done a little bit of research sitting here on Google while we are uh while we're chatting. Michael Spinks, debut game, August 30, 1992, round twenty-two it was. He was wearing number sixteen from the interchange bench, and he lost yeah. playing for the Raiders to the Newcastle Knights 22 points to eleven. So putting together (laughs) some of the dots. Great to hear some of your memories and some of your moments that matter. Want the ultimate unfiltered message for your mates? I'll say anything you want, ripping heads off and shitting down necks all day long. Find me on Swish at Swish.com. Okay, hot off the heels of Lachlan Croker and Joel Thompson to start the Rugby League Superpod. It is time to speak with another legend. Dane from Clarkie's RL Column has hit the airwaves once again. Each and every week, Clarkie drops a call, and we're after his call, and we're going to debate it. We're going to uh, pick out some of the best, some of the best, that is, of your responses this week. There is a tonne of uh, back and forth.
4: Clarkie, what is the call and what's the response? Yeah, g'day, Andy and listeners. The response this week is uh, crazy. We've gone with our top 10 fullbacks of the NRL era. So I'll read that out now here for our listeners. Number one to 10, Billy Slater, Darren Lockyer, Brett Stewart, Jared Hayne, James Tedesco, Anthony Minicello, Greg Inglis, Roger Tuovasashek, Matty Bowen, and Ben Barber. Um, and, Andy, I think whenever you throw a top 10 all-time list together like this, there's uh, it's almost impossible we're all going to agree with each other, one to 10, that's for sure.
0: Absolutely. Who's uh, Who's got the most support here? From what I could see, Matty Bowen's got plenty of support.
4: Matty Bowen's one of those players where he doesn't have the premiership, he doesn't have the Dalian medal, but what he does have is an incredible highlights package and an absolute fan favourite. The other one that got a lot of support was uh, Greg Inglis, a lot of people didn't agree with him being down as low as seven. I uh, had players like Teddy, Minichiello ahead. I just feel like the players I have ahead of Gio were probably more consistent over a long period of time. And the other consideration, of course, Andy, Gio only did play 125 games or so at fullback. He was so versatile. Okay, let's take a look at some of the
0: responses, and I'm going to start with Facebook. Lockie Jukes, and we have featured Lockie before, uh, primarily because he's got the ability to actually Debate and uh, and have his say without having a hissy fit like a lot Brett Hodgson Brent Webb and David Peachy unlucky not to make it he doesn't agree with the list in order but he says I do think those ten fullbacks listed are the best since the NRL era started.
4: And I love some of the options he threw up there. Another one that I really heavily debated and and needed to get in here somewhere, but I just couldn't in the end, was Darius Boyd. And Riley Jennings brings him up on Instagram. He says, might be an unpopular one, but Darius Boyd was better than Bowen and Barber and for a much longer time. Uh, He goes on to say he was second in line for Billy's, Queensland and Australian jersey but he finishes off with saying it's a shame that people only remember Darbs at the end of his career um, because at the start he was excellent and I mean that kind of is the tale for Darius Boyd it's a it's a tale of two careers almost when you compare the the prime era to what he was towards the end.
0: Yeah absolutely we've actually got Darius on uh, on the podcast a a little bit later along with Michael Crocker a couple of uh, rewinds to their legend series interview but Darius Boyd uh, unbelievable, unbelievable record, too. Brent Hollinshed said Billy's certainly the best by a margin, and the rest you can make a case for as they all had two great seasons. And I think he's generalising a little bit there, but, uh, you know, Barber, Hain, Inglis, two of us Sheck, um, a couple of them Dally M winners, they all really excelled for a couple of seasons, but Billy, uh, He was the constant.
4: Yeah, Billy Slater, that's the thing that I always just have him as the number one because over a sustained period of time where others might have had one or two seasons better than him, he was at the top for such a long time. Interesting one here. Speaking of Billy, this one from Instagram, Cameron Arlington says, a hot take, a fit Brett Stewart was better than Billy Slater. I have heard that a little bit, it would have been interesting to see Brett's career had he not been uh, injured so often.
0: I had a terrific debate with Jonathan Thurston one night after a Cowboys uh, season-ending presentation night. Uh, Clarkie, it was about three in the morning, so we were both well and truly gone. And what we used to do to get JT bird up was start talking about Brett Stewart and how Brett Stewart was the best fullback in the game. And JT would get very, very serious after many, many drinks. It was actually one of the great G-ups of all time. Darren Lockyer, a lot of support. You think Lockyer, one and six, what would have happened? What would have happened and where would we see Darren Lockyer now if he had stayed in the number one jersey?
4: Yeah, it's such a great question. And, you know, we still see fullbacks to this day because the great Darren Lockyer was able to do it. They also want to, you know, go from that fullback to the number six. Most recently I think of Kalen Ponga, but Darren Lockyer's just in a class of his own and he had so much talent that I truly think he's one of the the very rare players that's able to make that transition into the front line.
0: Cracking list, Clarkie. As you said a little earlier, mate, none of us are ever going to agree on the order but, gee, I tell you what, it's pretty hard to debate the guys that you have put in. fullbacks of the NRL era. Clarkie's call was Slater, Lockyer, Stewart, Hayne, Tedesco, Minichello, Inglis, Tuivasa-Shek, Bowen and Barber. A cracking list, um, engaging, a lot of chat, a lot of debate, couple of arguments too and we'll be back again at it next week when clarkey makes his call again on the rugby league super pod the dream team episodes are next level you can listen to them anytime because they don't date and i reckon you disagree with all of them it's the ultimate argument starter who's in your dream team you can pick any player from any era any team and then combine them you're the coach Here's a couple of positional choices from some of the game's best. Let's start with the great Greg Bird. Okay, what about your uh, your back rowers?
5: Uh, playing for my life, I want myself out there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, um, there's a few other blokes you know you, you could put in that position, but um, playing for my life. There's a lot of blokes that I that I love in this forward pack, especially. That um, I'd love to combine with again. So I'm chucking myself at, at uh, in the 11. Yeah. And on the other side of the field, I've got Nate Miles again, very versatile, like Gal. You could nearly interchange those two blokes. Mm. But Nate Miles, a bloke that I played against. And, you know, he's won a Wally Lewis medal for Queensland. Yeah. He's, he's been a stalwart in their team for so many years. Even he, he debuted when they were struggling and then, yeah. you know, played most of his career. Through the uh, the eight series dominance, um, and true. then I had the luck, luck and benefit of playing with him at the Gold Coast, and we became best mates. You know, you've got Gal, my best mate from back a long time, and, and Miles, he's probably um, my best mate of, of these days, and um, we still speak regularly to this day.
0: Ironic that your best mate in Sydney's Gal, and your your best mate up here on the Gold Coast is Nate Miles, and the the two have never seen eye to eye. It's Complex little triangle.
5: It is, it is. I remember that game when gal punched the piss out of him. Um, we actually went for, for lunch, breakfast the next day at my cafe here on the Gold Coast, my old cafe. And I, was, I didn't say anything. I just looked at him and he knew that I wanted to ask him how he was. How'd you head? Yeah. And But um, those sort of things get left unspoken. And um, yeah, we had some of the biggest clashes in Origin. Um, one year... When you were, we were both playing for the Gold Coast and uh, I got I got charged for a lifting tackle yeah. right in front of our sticks. They took two points. The very next tackle, he got charged for lifting his elbow on me and we both got suspended for the next game <laughs> for the and, t- <laughs> and then missed the Gold Coast game. I don't know <laughs> whether Neil Henry was too happy about it at the time, but uh, at least we got the recovery the week after. Amazing
0: with Nate how many times he gets starts in sides like this because – he wasn't the headline act. He wasn't the, the highlights reel in these Queensland sides, but he was the one that everyone wanted to play with.
5: He definitely was. Mate, because he's tough and you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah. And the theme of the story is you want people who are playing for your life, you want people mm. you can trust to do that and trust to turn up and give um, the same game. that He never has a bad game. Yep. Um, when his body started breaking down late, um, he didn't do as much as he did early on in his career, but, um, you know, when he was in his prime, he was one of the best forwards in the game.
0: We love our awesome sponsors, Oxworks. Check them out, oxworks.com.au. Up next, it's the former Hair bear, Tony Pulatua. Tone, who is our fullback and why? This is
6: probably the hardest thing that I've ever had to do. Um, but I, I I guess I've gone with um, players that I've played against. And, yep. um, you know, there, there are a couple of players in this team that I selected um, that I, you know, were, was quite fortunate enough to play alongside. But, um, you know, I, I think it was more so around – uh, the era that I played in, and um, you know, just uh, just seeing these guys play was just uh, was unbelievable. But um,
0: let's start with the fullback, mate. Who is wearing number one, and why?
6: <laughs> so number one, I've gone with uh, Greg Inglis. Hey, Gi, uh, more so, uh, he he sort of like come into the scene um, as a young fellow. Um, uh, sort of like early 2000s. Yep. And, um, you know, he, he he played test football and there was a lot of talk about Greg coming through the grades uh, or, or coming, yeah, coming through the grades. And um, I think it was 19 when he debuted against uh, New Zealand. Uh, he got selected in that uh, Australian side and he played on the wing there. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just the things that he did, uh it, it, during that that time uh was just unbelievable just to see the 19 year old kid on the wing um just do the things that he was doing like it, it just seemed like he'd been playing for for years and um you know he not only did that but um you know over the years I, I I would probably say he he was one of my favorite players um you know Watching, uh, watching him over the years, and, and me finishing up here and going over to England, I always watched, uh, you know, a lot of the footy over here. And uh, yeah, I've got to say that uh, Gio was probably uh, one of my favourite players.
0: Geez, we've started well. We got Greg Inglis at fullback. What about our <laughs> two wingers, mate? Who have we got there?
6: So the two wingers, I've gone with Wendell Sailor, and uh, the other wing, I've gone with Tumama Tahu. He was that type of player for for the Broncos. Uh, not only for Broncos, for Queensland, Australia. Um he he did the same thing at every, you know, every level yep. he played at. And um but he, he was just a handful to to try and handle, try and tackle. And um uh, I just thought he was a he was a great player. Um and just Tamana Tahu, I, I always I always rated uh Tamana quite highly. Um just the fact that, I in my in my mind, I felt that uh, Tamana was sort of like the the first of um, the the Jared Haynes sort of type players.
0: Yeah, really good and, comparison. Um,
6: yeah, and um, he, he was just a special talent, and, and he come on the scene as, as a young as a youngster as well for Newcastle, and um, you know just to be able to see to see the things that he was able to do. Um, on the footy field. He was he was a very, very special talent. Um, so that's why I've got him in, in, in the wings there. Yeah.
0: Plenty of episodes of Dream Team with some of the biggest names in footy, some cracking lists and explanations as well. Check the back catalogue of episodes and rip in. You can listen to any of our podcast episodes or interviews at any time because none of them ever date, ever. Here's a little from our three-part interview with the legend Michael Crocker.
7: Um, we lost that game, which so it was very underwhelming. I did score a try on debut. Yes. Um, but, it, again, it was an underwhelming try. Uh, and, luckily, I got a, uh, Wayne gave me a second chance on the bench for Game 3. Young kid called Cam Smith came in to uh Hooker who was going to be pretty good, so... He, he went ha- okay. Happily gave him my number nine yeah. jersey, and we won that game. That was my first game at, at Suncorp, so um, as it was, the, the new Suncorp. But just playing in front of that home crowd at, at Lang Park uh, was really special.
0: Lang Park, it goes by a different name now, but to you and me, it's still Lang Park. Always will be. You played 13 games over seven series. Is there a moment that stands out above all others, or
7: are you equally proud of every moment in every game? So, there's a couple. Uh, one of the first one was running out at Lang Park, just to that, you know, the fire on the side, the roar of the crowd, um, and just looking around. Um, that was that was really special and something that you never forget. You know what I mean? This so, is for the first time. First time, yeah. yeah. Um, the other one, the second one, was scoring a try running off Lockie. Yeah, I hit a nice hole, scored a good try. We won that game. I think that's one. Matty Bowens took the intercept. Yeah, in Golden Point, and that was a special game. And then, so unfortunately, two thousand. So I we went two thousand three, four, and five, where we lost those three series. Yep. Living in Sydney, all the press were. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but all the press was. State of Origin's dead. Yes. Queensland will never win again. And yep. that was the fuel to the fire. That's when Mal Meninga came in and changed everything. And, and we, back a few years before that, so Wayne started the Emerging camps.
5: Yeah.
7: And we knew that we were passionate about it. So we had Choppy Close, we had Tossa Turner, these guys coming in and telling us these stories about why Why it all started? How it all started? Why we hate New South Wales? And this is—and I say that right—and I I chip my kids all the time for saying the word "hate." Mm. They say, "I hate this," "I hate," you know. No, you don't know. You just dislike that. The only thing we hate is New South Wales (laughs) on Origin Day. And if you wear blue on Origin Day, I will hate you too.
0: Another guy that's joined us previously on the podcast—a fucking terrific bloke with an unbelievable resume, is my guy Darius Boyd. We spoke earlier about the highlights in 2010. The pain of 2014 outweighed that, sadly. Early in the year, a game we were both at, your close mate Alex McKinnon was severely injured. What do you recall of that night?
8: Yeah, I was actually injured that first couple of... um... I done my hamstring round one, so I was mm. um, that was round four, I'm pretty sure it was. Um, so I was actually watching it at home. Oh, were you? Yeah, so I wasn't there. So uh, it was quite, you know, obviously seeing you. you know, me and Alex lived together. Yep. Uh, Alex lived with myself and my wife Kayla for a year as well, uh, a year after. So we lived together at the Dragons for two years. Um, and then when we moved to Newcastle, he moved into his place and uh, me and Kayla got our own place as well. We were very close. Uh, our you know, wives and girl- girlfriends mm. at the time were very close. Um, to see it happen, you, you know, you never think the worst. You don't yeah. really know what happened. You know, it's just people go off in a neck brace a lot, and it's a concussion. It's you know mm. precautionary. Um, but it was a weird, you know, feeling. And I remember you know, texting Alex <laughs> that night. Obviously, that wasn't going to get anywhere or do anything. Yeah. But you kind of just don't know what to do in that situation. And it wasn't until you know days later, weeks later, mm. that you started to under you know, understand what could possibly happen. I think we spoke to Wayne, and he was kind of you know, filling us in on what was happening and mm. how he was doing, and it was just a yeah an experience that um, you never wish upon anyone. It was something that, um, when you think back now, it's still something that I can't really still believe actually happened.
0: I look back on it for differing reasons. Uh, it was a Monday night. Uh, I was sidelined with Fox Sports. I was in the tunnel when Alex came off, mm-hmm. and there was something very different about watching an injured player come off. Mm. Uh, and I feared the worst. I could hear the medics and the doctors and, and training staff and and what they were saying. Yet on the other hand, I've got the director and producer in my ear saying, we need to know what's happening with Alex. And So yeah. in a split second, I've got to make a decision. And I said three or four times throughout the night, we don't know exactly what's wrong with Alex. Um, because the worst thing I could have done is the, uh, the reporter on air is say, shit, this is what I've just heard. He's got Mm. no feeling um, because that alarms people and and families Mm. and and loved ones. You dealt with differing forms of depression and and, and mental desperation. Was this the start of a, a tipping point for you, seeing a mate go down like that? Because in an instance like this, Darius Boyd is helpless. Mm. You can't control the situation, and often something like that is the trigger of an emotional spiral.
8: Yeah, I think anything when you talk to people about mental health and wellbeing, you know, a lot of people are you know one serious hardship away from a mental breakdown. Yep. And I think for me personally, I probably had I felt like I had ten things. You know, I was seeing a psychologist at the time. I had probably ten things to talk about in an hourly visit, probably every yep. three or four weeks when I could fit it into my rugby league schedule. And it just wasn't enough, and I think you know Alex's, you know, injury was another you know, tipping part of that. Mm. Um, and I remember um, going to see Alex when he was able to have visitors, probably weeks, even if not a month or so later. Yeah. And um, he had a you know, positive outlook, he had a smile, and that actually rattled me too because I felt like you know, for me, you know, I was going through different things with my grandmother and the, and the footy club and you know, successes and injuries and um, mm. you know, my personality and who I was as a person and all these things. I felt like I was struggling with yet. Alex is in, you know, in bed. Um, some had you know, tubes in and around his mouth, yep. um, but with a smile, a positive outlook, um, doing his best uh, for a guy to be going through that. Yet you know, I felt like I had all these little when you, in, put him in the comparison to what he's going through. Yeah. All these little things on the side. And what you know? What am I? Why, why can't I be happy? What am, mm. What's wrong with me? You know. Any episode, any time, download the Lot of Them Legends, we've got you
0: covered. Here's a short interview with Gordy Tallis from 2019. This is serious shit. We just need to know. Stepbrothers or Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber. Quinella or Exacta? Quinella. Toilet paper, Folder or Scruncher? Scrunch. Rambo or Rocky? Rocky. Batman or Superman? Batman. Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson?
1: Muhammad Ali.
0: Beauty or brains? Beauty. Pineapple on pizza? Yes. What goes on first, socks or pants? Socks. Ford or Holden? Holden. On an aeroplane, does the middle seat get both armrests?
6: No. No? No. (laughs) I'm always a window seat, mate. That's mine.
0: Okay. (laughs) Favourite social media platform? Instagram. Sunday Arvo, mates or missus? Missus. Kissing, eyes open or shut? Both. Santa Claus or Easter Bunny? Santa Claus. Will Wiley Coyote ever catch the roadrunner and how?
6: I hope so. Because I'm over him.
7: I'm over roadrunner.
0: Big shout out to our sponsors, Delton Financial. Check them out, deltonfinancialgroup.com. If you're a regular listener to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, you'll have heard and no doubt really enjoyed some of the game's finest superstars looking back on their favourite games. I'm going to take a guess here and I'm going to tip our guest's favourite game is the 2015 Grand Final. John Asiata, am I right?
9: Yeah, you sure are. That's probably the, the best game that I've ever not just ever played, but um, to be a part of and to be a part of history.
0: What stands out from the game? Is there one moment or one memory that really stands out?
9: I think the memory of the last couple of minutes, minutes, um, sort of didn't know what was happening. Everyone was sort of off their seats, sort of like, are we going to lose? What's going to happen? Can we get the ball back? Um, and at that time, I, like as a Christian guy, I, I sort of, Remain faithful, and um, I knew we were going to do it. Um, And I dropped down and actually prayed during that game. I didn't actually watch the last part. Um, I was on my knees uh, and I sort of prayed. Um, And then as I stood up, Morgo got the ball, gave it a felty, scored in the corner, and then I was just like just jumping for joy and just going crazy and nuts with the boys. But, um, yeah, that's probably the one thing that stood out was being able to not physically playing in the game, but praying and getting up and then seeing that happen. Um, But the the try and the kick pass was probably the the best memories of that game. Tackle
10: five. This is the last. It's bounced away to Thurston. Comes up Blair. Got rid of Blair. Pushes away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. the corner. Look at the box. It's a try. Well, if you don't believe in fairy tales, we might see the giant fairy tale of all time. Here right now with Thurston, a kick from the sideline to win a premiership for the Cowboy. Can he do it? It looks to me as... Oh, it's taken the steelwork. What else can this grand final provide? Wow the most dramatic grand final that I can remember. So, from right to left, the Cowboys... Oh! oh. oh Hunt no. knocked on! Oh. The first grand final golden point. Thurston to choose from with Coote. He hits it, he's yes. got it! He's got the field goal! He's got the Premiership! He has gone from a captain to a legend and probably rugby league immortality.
0: The Jonathan Thurston goal kick. Did you think it was over? Did you think you'd won?
9: Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, I've watched Jono kick since I've been there. I've watched Jono kick every day after training. And I was like, this is going over as he hit it. I thought it was gone. And, and, and then it hit the post, and then it was like, "No way, that just happened to us!" So, um, but by all money, man, I thought it was going in, um, just like everyone said. Whoever painted that goalpost painted a bit too thick. So,
0: to see <laughs> how much that victory meant to the people of North Queensland—that's a mm. pretty cool thing, I would imagine.
9: Yeah, it was unreal. Like you know, the, the amount of support that we had from the from the community, uh, from the town. Um, Our return back to Townsville was unreal. It was something I've never been a part of. Um, Jumping off the plane, not going out through the same way as always. We got taken around the back. Um, People were just lining up from the airport all the way to the stadium. Got to the stadium. The stadium was already packed with people. Um, Just the amount of people that just got out there celebrated with us. was just unreal just to see how much the community... Uh, enjoy what we were doing and um, what we just achieved and um, the amount of support we had.
0: Thanks for the chat, mate. Really cool to look back at one of the great games of Rugby League. Chat again
9: soon. Too easy. Thank you.
0: Topsport at topsport.com.au or download their app and use the promo code UNFILTERED. They'll treat you like kings. Quick one here on the Rugby League Pod. We've got Raider Zach Wilford with us. Who was your childhood footy hero or
9: heroes and why mate? This one's very obvious for me mate. It was obviously my dad. Yeah. Um, he had me very young so I was able to watch a lot of his career and beat all the games and he was that's all I ever wanted to be when I grew up was dad and yeah that was that's it's an easy one there's a lot of great players that I could look up to but it was I always just wanted to be my dad and then still to this day playing at the same club playing the same position always chasing there's always some good banner between us when we get home as to if I'm ever going to eclipse him, which I'm probably not going to, but it's, it's, it makes for good chat.
0: You're very similar to Dad on and off the field, and you've been told that all your life too.
9: Yeah, I have. Look, sometimes the on-field stuff I'll definitely take, but yeah. when people say I'm the same off-field, I just shake my head and say, surely not.
1: Yeah. I don't deserve that.
0: Yeah, you'd rather be like Mum because Nat's a gem.
1: <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Having a bet on sport this week, Top this. Top Sports Same Game Multi gives you the most competitive multiple for every leg. And with hundreds of markets to choose from across sports and racing, you're sure to find a combination unlike any other. And they'll let you on for plenty. So if you want to get the top odds every time, download the app today and bet your way. Top that. Visit topsport.com.au. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Gamble responsibly
0: topsport.com.au. Even better, download their app. And if I'm being honest, uh, I've had uh, all different online accounts over the years. I have one and one only now. And it is not because they're a sponsor of the podcast and supporter of Unfiltered. It is because there's more markets, there's better prices, there's better service. Aussie owned. They're bloody good blokes too. Even the CEO, and we don't always like CEOs in the workplace, but we like this one. Tristan Merlihan has joined us on the Rugby League Superpod. Legend, any changes in the markets for this weekend after the Origin sides were named?
11: Very, very kind words. And, yes, it has been a lot of uh, changes in the market. It's been a very, very tricky week to price up. The traders have had their work cut out in literally every game this weekend. The biggest move has been the Cowboys against the Panthers. This has been a really, really tricky game to price up. Obviously, a lot of Panthers missing. Uh, the Cowboys have got a lot of players out with Origin as well, four players named in the side in Holmes, tu- Tuolungi, Robson and Nanai. So, But then we've also got the uh, the X Factor of Tamalolo, looking like he's back into that team too. So that has seen the Cowboys back from $2.70 into $2.30, the Penrith, Panthers out from 145 out to 162, and the line's gone 6.5 into 3.5. So Cowboys off the back of that big win against the Storm, they'll be hoping to step up and, and and go again at home. The other one that's seen a big move as well has been the Knights against the Roosters, where the Knights are obviously they were, pretty good there against the Broncos, yeah. and they're $1.52. They've been back from 165 into 152 against the Roosters, and the Roosters, they're out of form. $2.55, the line's gone from 3.5 to 5.5, but... I still think there's going to be a bit of movement before any of these games kick off over the weekend.
0: Yeah, fully agree. Gee, that's a that's a significant shift. The Knights into a dollar fifty two, isn't
11: it? Yeah, it is. And um, you now, obviously, Ponga there, and, and they were in that game for a long time. Yep. The Roosters out of form, and then obviously no Teddy as, as well. So. Um, yeah, it'll be fascinating if they can bounce back. I don't think at the start of the year you would have expected the Knights to be uh, favoured over the Roosters.
0: No, certainly. Mate, a random question for you. Um, with these origin-affected rounds, are punters later, as in later in the week, putting their bets on? A um, bit of uncertainty? Are they waiting for the markets to change? Are they seeing where the money's going? Is there any difference to a normal week?
11: I think there's there's two ways to look at it. Obviously, you've got origin Uh, games pre-origin where the the teams probably aren't going to move as much. Obviously, the games after origin, you've got the question marks over if players are going to back up. So what I find in a week like this week, you get the influx of money and and, and a a lot sharper movement early in the week on the Monday, Tuesday, where punders are trying to get what they perceive as value and the markets might move further. Then it goes a little bit stagnant over the next couple of days and the punters wait for that that final 17 to get locked in, and then, then the betting really heats up in that last couple of hours once you've got the final team list, and you can see where the market sort of shifted to. So, yeah, certainly much more late action um, compared to the, the normal week.
0: Okay, let's talk state of origin, mate. Amazingly, um, because it's been the trend for as long as I can remember, New South Wales can lose a match and still go into the next as favourite, but... Queensland firm favourites, you've currently got them on uh,
11: $1.57. Yeah, firm favourites. Uh, we opened the market at $1.65, I think it was, and then Nathan Cleary came out and it's been $1.65 into $1.57. $2.40 about New South Wales. Four and a half the line. It opened at three and a half. It's out to four and a half now. Um, that's obviously with with Cleary out of the team. So that, that's only moved by one point. Obviously, Latrell Mitchell back definitely helps. Um, but, yeah, certainly Queensland firm favourites, but there has been a little bit of support for New South Wales, both at the 240 and the plus four and a half. So New South Wales fans still very confident they can get an upset up there at Suncorp.
0: Looking at total points over or under 37.5, both markets at $1.87. Gee, there's some value there at a, at a low total. If I mean, if you're a firm believer in either either option, points or no points, that's, that's a line that's... Uh, Looking a bit sexy at the moment.
11: Yeah, it certainly brings all options in into play. Uh, in the opening game of the series, the unders was very, very well backed. It moved a couple of points towards that number um, and obviously a couple of late tries pushed that game over. So I think punters on both sides of the ledger are going to be, uh, be be stepping in and feel quite confident where they sit. But I would probably expect there'll be a push towards the unders on game day.
0: Okay mate uh, each and every week uh, top sport Tristan and his wonderful team donate a $100 free bet for charity and our charity of choice is the Ricky Stewart Foundation and we're going a three-legger this week because as you always say if you can't get a two-legger up why don't you go a three-legger? My logic oh dear. So we're going three sides to win in the NRL this week. We're going Eels, Storm Sharks mate.
11: Eel Storm Sharks as the treble works out at $2.71. So hopefully we can, uh, we can increase that bank balance up over the 1850 mark where it currently sits. Do
0: you think we should go one more leg, Tristan, and include State of Origin next week?
11: Well, you, I know you're a brave man, so okay. I'll, I'll leave that call entirely up to you.
0: I'm a brave man. Can I please add New South Wales, Queensland, over 37.5 total points.
11: Over 37 and a half. That certainly uh, will add a little bit of extra value into into this multi. So that will get it up to uh, $5 now, it goes up to after that. So very good result
0: there. $5 it is. uh, You've heard us say it before. You will hear us say it again. Topsport.com.au is the place to go. It's not only rugby league. It is all sports. It's all racing. It is the ultimate site. Even better. Download the app, really easy to navigate, very professional, and the service is just top shelf. That is topsport.com.au. Download the app and we'll speak to Tristan next week on the Rugby League Superpod. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's start with Jewel International, Matty Rogers. Bruce the Goose asked, who was the most talented rugby union player you played with, a guy that would have made it in the NRL?
12: Well, it was a guy I played with um, that I just, you know, the minute I saw this kid run around, I just thought, wow, this guy is a gifted athlete, a guy named Mark Gerrard. Yep. Um, just, he yeah, reminded me call. so much of, of David Peachy, yeah, Just a just call. a natural... Gifted mover, read the play well, and he was a tough bugger, you know. And um, mate, he he had a, he had a great career in rugby, um, but yeah, I, I think he would have been something special in rugby league.
0: Up next, the now retired Andrew McCulloch from the Thompson family at the Gap. So up there in Brizzy, congrats on three hundred games, mate, this year. Do you have a favourite game you've played
5: in?
12: Oh no, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't have a favourite one. Um, Oh, probably 2011, when got to pass the ball to Lockheed, stands out pretty hard in that yeah. prelim final against the, I mean, that semi final against the Dragons. That's pretty hard to go past just this year. Build up to that game, you know, the the broken cheekbone, you know, yeah. and even realizing how close he was to me when you normally get those um, dummy half passes way back to the half. It's, you know, 15 meters, but it's was down real shallow, which I felt was odd, but he just needed to get that ball quickly. And I just remember him. Hitting it, but he didn't hit it well at all. You see the replay; it's quite wobbly in that for it to go over. Is something um, pretty special, and to be one of his last, obviously his last game as well, was mm. another one as well. Do you remember
0: all the games, mate? Different sport, I know, but Glenn McGrath can famously tell anyone who he got out, how he got them out, and where he got them out with each of his like five hundred and sixty something odd Test wickets. That's a great memory.
12: Yeah I, yeah, I don't know, I must have watched plenty of replays or highlights of the wickets, but, yeah, I'd hate to throw a warning to that. That's probably 1,200 and something yeah. wickets, so that would be able to do all that.
0: Aussie footy shorts, footy shorts with pockets. Hear that? Footy shorts with pockets. Get into them, legends. They're the grouse. Footy-shorts.com.au They are footy shorts with pockets. I live in them. They are the greatest ever. And you can win a pair right here if you've been following our socials this week. As we continue with our mullet team, forever mullet team, just best mullets in rugby league, we are after halfbacks, the halfback in rugby league history with the greatest mullet ever. Have your say on our socials. Best, funniest, or let's just put it this way, most interesting answer wins. You've fired up the barbie, you've stacked the esky, who do you invite and why? This is Dinner Date, table for eight. And we're chatting with manly superstar Ruben Garrick.
13: Yep, um, I've started, there's quite a few sporting uh, people in here, but um, I guess that's just what I'm, what I'm into. But I'm starting with LeBron James. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, recently broken the, the highest ever point scoring record uh, in the NBA. And um, I think he's a pretty cool dude, uh, the way he conducts himself. And, uh, um, you know, I guess that's a bit of the American sport as well. Um, they're a bit larger than life and uh, very flamboyant. So he'd be, he'd be pretty cool to have a yeah, firebrand barbecue.
1: Yeah,
0: the Los Angeles Lakers superstar, LeBron James. Who is
13: alongside him? Uh, I've got Elon Musk. And the reason I've got Elon, I think he'd just provide a bit of a, a thinking outside the box in at the barbecue. Some of the the convos would just get taken a little bit um, in a different direction. And, um, you know, he's a very smart guy, but a, a very um, interesting person, I think.
0: Smart, interesting, uh, lives on the edge and does it without regrets. Elon Musk is added
13: to the list. Who's next? I've got Kelly Slater, um, the GOAT of the surfing world. Um, and, yeah, as I guess growing up down in Jerramong there, we, we love our surfing. So, um, yeah, Kelly's at the top of that list and um, he'd be a, a great person to have there as well.
0: Absolute GOAT one, K
13: Slater. Who's joining him? Uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, uh, we love our golf and um, I just love Tiger's his confidence and yeah. just the way he walks around the course and, um, you know, after any shot he just, I don't know, he just has that that swagger and, um, yeah, I, I find him my favourite ever golfer. So Tiger's got to be there for sure.
0: What are you play off, mate, and where do you play?
13: Uh, I'm off 12 at the moment. Um, I'd like to be a bit lower than that, um, if I'm honest. That's um that's where we're at at the moment, and I play at Wakehurst yep. uh, Golf Club. Yeah, um, yeah. I actually just just had a, a round of eighteen with some of the boys with Boyley, Morgan Boyle, um, Lockie Croker, and Brad Parker. So we just had a we had a hit this morning.
0: Awesome, mate. Half the table is uh, is taken care of. Who's the
13: back end? I uh, got Hugh Jackman. Uh, I haven't met him as of yet, but I've, I'm pretty sure. Um, well, I've heard he's a massive manly fan as well, yeah. Uh, and I think a few years ago, some of the boys he came into the sheds after one of the games and um uh and chatted to the boys. But uh, I think he'd be a pretty cool person to have at the, the barbecue.
0: I can't believe you missed
13: out on him, mate. Yeah, big uh, <laughs> yeah, I, know. Boy. I know. Uh, next, I got Ziggy Alberts. Ziggy Alberts, you need someone there, he's a um Australian uh musician. One of my favourite musicians, and um, I think it—you know—you got to have someone playing that nice acoustic music in the background, and um, he'd be there.
0: Yeah, Ziggy Alberts, um, Aussie singer-songwriter, and we've got two seats left.
13: Yep, Uh, I got Conor McGregor. You got to have him there. Um, He'll bring his proper twelve whiskey and, um, and hopefully some of um, his—I think he's got some sort of Guinness out now. Too much sure we go is there.
0: With Connor's uh, paychecks over the last couple of years, um <laughs> Connor could be bringing out anything and everything. He'll own half the world by the end of the yep. decade. Connor McGregor, um, onto the list. Oh, I, I just love him. What the fuck are you looking at? Uh, uh who's last?
13: But Carl Barron. Yes. Carl Barron. You've got to have the comedian there. And I think he's my favorite comedian and um I went and saw him a couple of years ago at Wynn Stadium or Wynn Entertainment Centre. And I think I was crying with laughter for a good, the whole set, like, you know, a good hour and a half, two hours. He just had me in stitches, mate. So um, I think he'd be awesome to have there, cracking a few jokes and um, keeping everyone on their toes.
0: Okay, this is the lineup in terms of sporting royalty. We've got LeBron James, Kelly Slater, Tiger Woods, and Conor McGregor. Elon Musk, for when it gets a little bit serious, we want to have a chat about a few diverse topics. Hugh Jackman is there, um, because A, he's a superstar, B, he's a manly fan, but a seriously interesting fella who I think would fit in with these guys. Then it's time for Carl Barron to entertain the lot of us and entertain he would, and I reckon it would finish off nicely with Australian musician Ziggy Alberts doing his thing long into the evening. Always a pleasure, Ruben Garrick. Uh, keep doing your thing. Thanks for dropping into the chat, legend. Yes, mate. Thanks i If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, give us some love. Go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast. Then whack in a five-star rating and a review. As random and weird ass as you like funniest weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat yeah bribery get to it legends this week's winner of the unfiltered campus tristan clark for an outstanding a fucking outstanding review on apple Podcasts, and he threw in the five star rating as well well done legend your cap's on its way Uh, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a 5 leg multi, and don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last.